Suppose we put as much focus on our soul as we did our hair. And now for Slipping into Darkness. Part 7, Hair and Soul. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. (laughs) Amen, amen. And today I am actually on Part 7. It is the final part of a series that I have been preaching called Slipping into Darkness. And it is how we slip into darkness when we move from God's will to the way of the world and the seven areas according to Google. I actually Google what are the seven areas that we have the most difficulty with of slipping into darkness and the struggles of life. And, and part one was social and family relationships. And that sermon title was Coach versus Companion and how some relationships we need to remain at a distance and some you coach and you're close. But very few are companions. Most are coach. Number two was career and educational aspirations entitled constant learning, that we need to keep learning no matter how old we are. We need to never stop learning. Number three was career and financial security, dealing with just our money and our jobs. Number four, physical health and leisure. Number five, life's routine responsibility. And I preach that one from the Philippines. Number six, society and contribution. That title was simply giving, again, the message from the Philippines. And the final one that will complete the series today deals with mental, emotional, and inner well-being. And the title of today's message is called Hair and Soul. Not heart and soul, hair and soul. And I am going to be studying today from one particular verse And God says, I want you to read this verse during your sermon seven times. You'll have no other notes, just this verse. And this verse is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. It's the NIV version. And it reads, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And today is one of those days where I wore what I had on when I got it. Normally, Lucretia, she has me my outfit, and I heard God say, keep on your same clothes, because her stuff looks a lot better than my stuff. And I can see now with this verse of how God doesn't want us focused on outward beauty. Can you imagine what you would be like if you spent as much time on your soul as you did your hair? Hair and soul. Suppose, I've read it once, let me read this a second time. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles. You all thought all this elaborate hairstyle was new? When you see folk got three, four thousand dollars worth of weave in their head and, you know, a thousand dollars worth of fingernails and all kind of gold jewelry. You all thought the rappers wearing all, you all thought Mr. T, you know, with the 18, with all this gold. You all thought that was new. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. 
<clears throat> your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Hair and soul. Suppose instead of spending 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour in the mirror every morning, suppose you spent that time saying to yourself, I want to make sure my soul right before I leave this house. See, God looks at things that are entirely different than what man looks at. How many times have you heard women say it's been a bad hair day? It's just a bad hair day. Sometimes if the hair not looking right, they won't even go out of the house. Suppose we put as much focus on our soul as we did our head. Suppose we put as much money in church as we did in the beauty salon or the barbershop. Can you imagine just what we spend on outward adornment, trying to look good? And I understand we have a barber who comes in every Sunday and he cuts our hair and shapes it. And to be honest, I told him what a great job he did this morning because to be honest, my hair's looking good. And you feel better when your hair is looking good. But some people have really good looking hair, but messed up soul. And we don't understand sometimes. Prophet Dexter just got through talking about the situation he had when he was in Macon. I was in Macon this morning myself. And while I was in Macon a couple of days ago, I ate at a restaurant there. And as I was sitting eating in the restaurant, it was one of those real high-end restaurants, and a homeless man walked in. I saw him outside of the window. He walked in. He had his bag he was towing, and the waitress immediately walked up because she recognized he was homeless. She knew he wasn't about to buy anything to eat. And she says, can I seat you? Can I help you? He said, oh, no, I'm not from this country. And she said, sir, you have to leave right now. You just have to go right now. He said, okay, turned around. He walked out. Well, after I got through eating, I was walking around downtown. I saw this man, and I walked up to him. I said, you said you were not from this country. Where are you from? He said, well, I was last living in Gainesville, but he said, but I'm from a lot further than that. And he said, we all are. You know, sometimes God will put you in some situations, and you know it's unusual. And then he said, he first of all extended his hand for me to shake his hand. He did that to the waitress. The waitress, nope, you got to go right now. And I understand that because a lot of times, you know, I never will forget. And I see Elijah's a very nice person, but there was a homeless fellow who came in here one night and he held out his hand to shake see Elijah's hand and his hand was black. Now, I'm not talking about he was a black American. No, I mean his inside of his hand was black. <laughs> and see Elijah said, nope. <laughs> so he wasn't going to shake his hand because it was literally black on the inside. It was just dirty. So when the fellow held out his hand to me, I was surprised because his hand was spots. It was absolutely clean. So I shook his hand. And then he said, he said, look into my eyes. And he said, you will see the other side and you will see heaven because we are not from here. And he began to tell me, he said, this life is brief. We're only going to be here for a little while. This is not our home. These bodies are not ours. And I said, this man, just a homeless fella. He was a white fella, big beard, strangest thing in the world. He just began preaching about the other side. And how this is not our home, and we get so fascinated and fixated on this like we do our hair. And that's not even important. And I reached in my wallet, 
And I said, I want to give you this to just help you while you are on this side. <laughs> and he looked at the bill, and I said, it's not fake. That is what it looks like it is. And I walked on away. Sometimes you will never know how an angel can be placed into your path to teach you and to show you some things and sometimes to get us away from all of what the world would have us focused on. It has us focused on what's outside, not what is on the inside. And God is not looking on the outside. He's looking on the inside. I've told you before many times how James and I, we attend a CEO group meeting every month. We actually, since the pandemic, we now meet twice a month. We used to meet once a month for six hours. Now we meet twice a month, once for two hours, where we have a speaker presentation, and the other for four hours, where we have a roundtable discussion. And on the last Tuesday that we met, it was the speaker presentation. Neither James nor I could attend, even though it was on Zoom, because we had another meeting that was all day. So I went back and looked at the recording. And at the end of the speaker presentation, and this speaker was one of the top speakers in the country, he was in a group of 25,000 speakers, and he was in the top 10. As he got through with his presentation, there was another gentleman on the Zoom call, and it was his first time there. I think he was related in some form to the speaker because he was one of those top speakers in the world. And he spoke six words that impacted me, and they're probably the only beginning words of any speech that I'll ever remember. But they were so powerful, so impactful, so strong, I don't think I'll ever forget them. Top speaker in the world, has written a ton of books, and he began by saying, I have six months to live. And he said, I've got all these books that I've been selling all of these years. And he said, now because I've got six months to live, I want to make these books available to all of you here absolutely at no charge. When you start seeing the other side and you know this is temporary, and he knew, and when I went and looked at his picture on the Zoom call, he had the oxygen, you know, two little things going in your nose with the tube running around your back. So he had this oxygen tank with him. I don't know what was wrong with him. He knew what was wrong. He didn't tell us what was wrong. All he told us was, I have six months to live. And all of this stuff I've accumulated all these years that I've been selling, and some of them books, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100, so all these books that I've been selling all of these years, I want to give them to you because I could read between the lines. He said, because where I am going to be in six months, I can't use any of these books. And even if I sold them to you today, where I'm going to be in six months, I can't use any of this money. So it changes your mentality like that homeless man when we recognize this is not it. And we need to focus on the inside, not the outside. The world has you thinking your hair is it. And I'm not saying your hair is not beautiful. I'm not saying your adornment is not just fabulous. I'm not saying your jewelry is not exquisite. What I am saying is that ain't it. As far as God is concerned, you might as well be bald because he doesn't give a hoot about your hair. Now, he does have something in the Old Testament about, you know, women. should. He's got that. So it's not that he's not concerned about it, but God knows that's not it. He's not going to look on the fanciness of your style. He's not going to look at how much gold you have. He's not going to look at the jewelry. He's not going to look at how fancy your clothes are. God's going to look at your soul. 
Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Hair, skin, and nails are all proteinous substances. Hair and nails are solidified keratin. Gold is really nothing but rust that man has put great value on. But it's nothing but a rock. We place the arbitrary value on gold and diamonds, but it's nothing but a rock. And when we understand some things, if we have our inner selves, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, I don't care how good your hair is. Now, and I have taken the appreciation of my hair to a whole nother level. I really have. When I told you a few weeks ago when I was complaining to Pastor James about my gray hair and how I was all gray. And he said, shoot, man, most of your friends ain't got no hair. And when I thought about it, I said, dog, go to you, not right. So it changed my whole perspective on my hair. So now when I looked in the mirror after he got through cutting my hair, and I got plenty of hair up there. So it changed. But I understand this. That ain't it. That's not it. See, even Samson, who perhaps had the most valuable hair of anyone in the Bible, and when it was cut off, he lost his strength. But his strength wasn't truly in his hair because he was able to kill more Philistines in his death than he did in his life when he pushed those columns and brought the whole temple down, the whole Colosseum down. So his strength wasn't really in his hair because his hair was still shaved off. He lost his strength because he was disobedient. God told him, don't shave your hair. Don't cut your hair. So when he cut it, he moved into disobedience. And when you move into not doing what God has told you to do, you get weak. And you succumb to a lot of things. And some of y'all say, you know, that's one of those stories where you have to wonder, how can somebody be so stupid? Have you ever seen somebody do some stuff and you wonder... How could they be that stupid? Have you ever wondered that? Because Delilah, when she asked Samson, what is the secret of your strength? He said, well, if you bind me with new ropes, and then the soldiers bound him with new ropes, and he popped them, and he went through three or four things just like that. So the man ought to know that if he told the woman his secret, he should have known. So you ask yourself, how can somebody be so stupid to do something like that but you know, it's a dangerous place in the lap of the wrong woman. You all know that, men? Do you know that? It's a dangerous place to be in the lap of the wrong woman. Because you wake up in the morning and you say, How in the world did I? What in the, It's a damn. I'm sure Samson, when he woke up bald and bound, Samson had to say, how was I so stupid? And he lost his strength, and they blinded him, and he lost his sight. It's a dangerous place. And his parents had told him, don't fool with that Philistine woman. Parents had told him that. Man, how many of y'all have had relationships, and your parents told you, don't fool with that man, or don't fool with that woman, and you went ahead anyhow? I see hands going up. Absolutely. Were your parents right? Just shout it out. Yep. Everyone, yep. 
Samson's mama and daddy told him, don't fool with that woman. He ended up with his strength gone, blind and bound. It didn't matter that his hair was gone. It mattered he was out of obedience to God's word will. You know, Capital One has this commercial talking about what's in your wallet, what's in your heart. A gentle and quiet spirit. That's what's of great worth in God's sight. A gentle and quiet spirit. Some of us just need to be more gentle. See, the world does not glorify gentleness and quiet. Just doesn't. What the world glorifies is somebody who'll get you told, somebody who'll beat you up, somebody who's loud and boisterous. The world doesn't glorify gentle and a quiet spirit. But God does. Hair and soul. Which one will you focus on? The world will have you focusing on your hair. Now, I'm not telling you to, you know, be like Don King or Einstein, just have your hair all out. I'm not saying that. And we're in the hair business. And I can tell you, my father went in the beauty business. He said, because beauty is a depression-proof business. No matter what happens in the economy, he said, women are going to find a way to pay for their hairstyle. They're going to come up with the money so their hair is looking good. But will we do that for our soul, hair and soul? So when you're in the mirror, make sure that your soul is right. First thing the Bible says, an unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. See, a gentle and quiet spirit is unfading. All this other stuff going to fade. Your hair sooner or later is going to fall out. It's not going to be as beautiful. Your skin is going to wrinkle sooner or later. Now, I know some of you all hold up much longer than others. And of course, they say black don't crack. I understand all that. But it's still going to hold up. It's going to hold up, but it's eventually going to fall down. All your stuff in this physical body is going to go. That's not where it is. But a gentle and quiet spirit is unfading. That love that pours from you, that peace that flows from you, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what happens to your body, you can still have a glow and a flow of God's love from you, regardless of what happens to your hair. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyle and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Some of us just need to get quiet, and we just need to calm down, not fuss about stuff, and just be gentle. You're not going to go see any action movies about anybody gentle. The hero is never gentle. Hero is rough and tough. But in God's sight, there's a beauty in a gentle and a quiet spirit. The hero is sharp. The hero dresses good. The hero generally, you know, even most of your big, well-known mega preachers, they got all this, what they call big hair. How they get all that hair from? They ain't never bald. Your hair just as big, never bald. I am reasonably certain most of that hair not even real. Because most men at that age, they just don't have all that big hair. That's not even real in a whole lot of cases. And I'm not saying every preacher like that, this big, got full hair. I'm not saying it's false, but I can tell you this. Most men that age don't have that kind of hair. So why they got so much hair? Because that's what people want. They want to see a big-haired preacher. So they'll go get plugs and mugs and glue and weeds and all kind of stuff. 
But that's not what God is looking at, even among preachers. That's not what he's looking at. He's not looking at the big hair. God is looking for the big heart, hair and soul. And we slip into darkness following the world because the world focuses on hair and God focuses on the soul. And just being able to have a gentle and quiet spirit. George preached a few weeks ago. He mentioned a book as he was talking. And and the book was The Ruthless Pursuit of the Elimination of Hurry. And I actually, when I heard it's an unusual title, it's actually The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I, I bought the book and I listened to it. And, and the fellow gave about 20 guidelines of how to eliminate hurry in your life. And a lot of those guidelines will help us to get a quiet and a gentle spirit. And he gave about three of them just with driving. And he said, just do this for seven days. And most people will have a very difficult time doing just these three things for seven days. He said, number one, drive the speed limit. If the speed limit is 35, drive 35. Not 36, 35. Do you know how much self-control it takes just to drive the speed limit? And then you're going to have folk blowing at you. But he said, for seven days, just drive the speed. It helps you to have a quiet and a gentle spirit because you can't have that when you're anxious. When you're impatient, when you're in a hurry, it messes with your gentleness and your quietness when you just all agitated and got to get somewhere, which generally most folks don't have to get anywhere. But he said, number one, just drive the speed limit. I'm just going to give you two of those 20. Number one, drive the speed limit. Number two, he said, stop completely at every stop sign. Just for seven days. He said, that'll change your whole spirit. Drive the speed limit, and most of us do what they call that California stop. You know, we just roll, and then keep going, just roll. Can't stop. The world has it where you're so thinking you are busy, you can't stop. Even though the sign, the law, clear. And see, both of these involve obeying the law. Speed limit, when it says 35, it's 35. If it says 55, it's 55. Nobody drives 55. If you're on a road that says 55, folks, they're not going 55. They're going 60, 65. They're not going 55. I drove back this morning. The speed limit was 70. Nobody going 70. They're going 75, 80. They're not going 70. Drive what the law. They basically just follow the law. Drive the speed limit and at a, every stop sign, come to a complete, not, you know, where you know when you're hitting your feet, your body jerk when you just finally stop moving. Come to a complete and full stop. And it's something about this that eliminates hurry and brings us more at peace because now we're just not rushing. Just those two simple things. And they're hard to do. They really are hard. Sounds simple, but stuff that may be simple, but it's not easy because what you have is all of the world around you is rushing. That's why they can't drive the speed limit and they can't stop. They're rushing. Most are not going anywhere where two or three minutes going to make a difference. But they're just rushing because it's got us geared that way. And that's why all of this depression and all of this anxiety and all of this fear and we can't sleep at night. All of this because we're just rushing and we can't stop and we can't slow down and we're just shaking. And it's got our nerves all this kind of way. Just those two things. A quiet and a gentle spirit. In seven days, he said, those things will start to transform your spirit and it'll make a difference. But you got to understand Everybody around you will not understand it. They're going to be beeping, driving around you, and then looking at you. Some may even throw you a hello sign. And this one old lady, and she said, she was driving the speed limit. And she said, yes, they were just driving past me, and they were holding up their hand, letting me know I was number one. (laughs) 
So folk will get upset when you have a quiet and a gentle spirit and you're not following the ways of the world. Because the ways of the world is death and destruction. The way of God is always different and on a higher plane. But you will walk different. You will talk different. You will think different. And you will drive different. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Every day as you fix your hair, comb your hair, style your hair, put on your clothes, put on your jewelry, I want you to just think, is my soul in as good a shape is my hair or my jewelry or my clothes? And am I willing to walk out into the world or get up in the morning with my soul out of whack like I won't walk out into the world with my hair out of whack? Am I willing to get my inner self right where it is beautiful to God? Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles, and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Hair and soul. Choose which one you will allow to have priority in your life. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and you can listen to the entire seven parts of Slipping into Darkness absolutely free. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. I'm going to ask the Elijah to close us out for today. Amen. Praise God. Give Pastor Nathaniel another round of applause. Praise God, that was just so rich and so calming, just to quiet us down, just to slow us down, just to quiet us down, just to slow us down. We appreciate that. Life is so hurried and so fast-paced. Sometimes we just miss that stillness, the quiet, the calm. Praise God, praise God. We thank God for just slowing us down, quieting us down. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We needed that today. We needed that today just to quiet down, just to slow down. Praise God. We're so grateful for that. Every head bowed for just a moment. Just take a moment to just be quiet for a moment. It's really in the quiet places. That's really where you hear God. He's not in the whirlwind and in the fire and in the still small voice. Sometimes if we'll just slow down enough quiet down enough. The Lord can talk to us. Just relax in his presence for a moment. Zephaniah 3.17 says that he quiets us in his love. Quiets us in his love. Just feel the Lord's love as you just rest in his presence for a moment. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to just take an opportunity to, if there's anyone here, you want to invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. 
we want to give you an invitation to come. Remember, we heard a little bit about eternal life today. This life is so brief, it's so short. You can be here today and gone tomorrow. And if there's anyone here, if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, it's the most important decision we make in this life. If there's anyone here, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, or if you want to join the church, we invite you to come for either of those three invitations. The doors of the church are open for membership, or if you want to give your life to the Lord for the very first time, or rededicate your life, or join the church, we invite you to come at this time. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Won't you stand to your feet? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we just love you and praise you. We rejoice in you. We give you thanks, Lord. Thank you for just allowing us to hear the truth of your word today, Lord. Having a quiet and a meek spirit before you, that being of great price and great value. Thank you for just calming us down slowing us down, quieting us down, filling us with your peace and your love and your joy. May we radiate Christ Jesus. May we share your kingdom, share a little of heaven wherever we go this week. We love you and praise you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let every heart say amen. God bless you. Have a great week. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part 7 of the series titled, Slipping Into Darkness, subtitled, Hair and Soul, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2006, that's 2006, to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 2006 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brother, you need the word.